Welcome to Thrive Deeper, the show based on the Thrive Bible Reading Guides. This is an ongoing conversation about God's Word with Thrive's author, Dr. Matthew Jacoby, and your host, DJ Payne. G'day and welcome to Thrive Deeper, episode 124. It's your old mate DJ Payne, your humble host here of your favourite podcast. And uh, on this fortnight's episode, we have Dr. Matthew Jacoby with us as per usual. And together we are trekking through this amazing book of Acts, this transitional book taking us from the Gospels to the New Testament early church. Uh, It's a longer episode than usual, so usually I tell you a bit more about what's coming up up. But you know what? Let's get straight into it. Keep on listening as we head into the book of Acts, specifically chapters 11 to 15 on Thrive Deeper. Matthew, uh, as we're recording here, I'm moving stuff around the around the studio. Uh, you've got more and more screens that's going to start getting in your way here. So I'm building yeah. a wall around myself. Yeah. So sorry yeah, about that. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> I'll be, soon I'll be peering yeah. peering through uh, screens yeah. to you. Uh, but you're sitting in, you've got the you've got the, our curtains open in the studio. Oh, yeah, the sun is nice. Winter sun. We, we've spent money on, on soundproofing curtains mm. that you don't close because no, of no, the sun. No, no, that's right, yeah. <laughs> that's right. So if you hear the winter birds yeah. or the winter wind uh, outside, dear listener, you understand that it's 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 uh, it's for Matt Matt's warmth. Yeah, that's right. That we're yeah. <laughs> now we are. This is part four of our six part series on the book of Acts. Mm. And where are we up to? We are. <laughs> I'm glad we well we are up to Acts chapter eleven. Yes, so 11, in yeah. six parts. Now let me just say the the book of Acts has got twenty eight chapters. Mm-hmm. We're part four through yep. into six parts, and we're only up to Acts chapter 11. Mm. So, the last couple of, you know, parts five and six, we're going to be really flying through that final half. Well, I think we're uh, these in the second half of chapter 11, so which talks about the Church of Antioch. Yeah. Because we're, we're launching now into focusing on Paul. Uh, the, the there's a transition. Acts, yeah, there's a transition uh, in this book, and uh, it moves from... Uh, the church in Jerusalem and what's happening there. As we know, the church gets scattered. And one of the key churches uh, at this time is church in uh, Antioch, which is up there in the top kind of, I was going to say the top right-hand corner of the Mediterranean Sea, if you're looking at a Okay, at a where, where, would, where would it be in, modern day, in our modern-day maps? Well, it's, uh, it's in, it's in like central South Turkey, but, but if you... Um, uh, if we look up Antioch in fact, on the map, might, is it, it still the same? Be, it might even be, in, in, that's a good question. It might even be actually uh, in Syria. Uh, so, so if you go to the, the end of the, you know, where is Israel is uh, on the um, eastern shore of the Mediterranean, yes. and you go right up to where the land, you know, wraps around uh, and starts going West, yes. Then Antioch is is just in there. It's okay. it's like right in this corner place, and it's a very strategic position, particularly for a, a missionary sort of church because uh, there's going to be a lot of traffic going through there. It was a very important um, town in its day, and uh, and it was it was a place where the gospel really took root, and particularly with a lot of Gentile um, Gentile believers. 
are there and it's going to be the launching. So this is this is really where Paul and Barnabas end up. This is yes. the church that they start working this is with. They're, they're like um, their home base yeah. type of thing. I think you might be right. I think it is in modern Syria. Yeah. I think it, it's it's in that, in that you know, as they call it, you know, the belly button of the world right there. Yeah. It's in that centre yeah. part of the world. <laughs> yeah. So let's do a little bit of a, a, back, a backstory here. So we've, we've just covered, just so everyone knows, Again, I'm going to keep harping on about this, about the book of Acts. This is the books, book of Acts. Your Bible might call it the Acts of the Apostles. This is really the Acts of Jesus Christ in his church, the church empowered yeah. by the Holy Spirit. And as Jesus says right at the beginning, you will you will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, into Judea and Samaria, mm. and then to the outer parts of the world. And this is part of that process. And this is the interesting thing as we see Luke laying it out, you know, Peter and the apostles are now sort of handing the baton over to the next generation mm. of guys who are coming through Barnabas and, and Saul, who, who who we now start calling Paul yeah. uh, in these chapters, be, take, take it, it, you know, are, are commissioned mm -hmm. to take it further. And we will find in these chapters here, they are commissioned by the Holy Spirit himself. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. To, to take it further. So in the, in the, in the, in the gist of the books, just to remind you where we're at, we just had that awesome story, the story you would have heard in Sunday school if you grew up in Sunday school, of Peter and the vision of the of the sheet coming down with yep. the animals. Cornelius, the Roman, uh, you know, uh, centurion, is is uh, being shown that he's, you know, that Peter's, you know, God's going to bring Peter along, and uh, you know, these people get saved. These Gentiles have gotten saved. The some of the some of the Jewish believers back in Jerusalem are not happy mm. about this development, and Peter has to go back and explain yeah. what has happened. Yeah, uh, one part, you know, and again, as we record these, we're also recording um, some sister episodes over on our sister podcast, Thrive Perspectives, about the Holy Spirit. Yeah, one phrase that I thought really really interesting, and I want to throw it out. I want to yeah. because this is not a Holy Spirit yeah. discussion yeah. on this. We want to get through the Book of Acts, but one thing I found. really really interesting is in as Peter describes what is happening to these Gentile believers and he tells of the entire story again he says he says the phrase in Acts chapter 11 verse 15 he says as I begin to speak to them Peter's talking about these these Romans this is him reporting back to the apostles the Holy Spirit fell on them just as he fell on us at the beginning yeah my point with that phrase, that really jumped out at me this time when I was reading it through because we've been talking about the baptism of the yeah. Holy Spirit, yeah. how the Holy Spirit works and everything. Yeah. Peter's phrase, because this is years after Pentecost, yeah. Peter's phrase, just as it happened to us at the beginning, to me sort of implies, and you can push back on this, Matt, if you want, yeah. it sort of implies that Peter didn't say the Holy Spirit fell on them just like it happens to us every every week. Yeah, he says it happened to them just like it happened to us at the beginning of Pentecost. Yeah, and Pentecost being the beginning of this new church. Yeah, thing. that's right. Yeah. So really, to me, that really tied in to the uniqueness of that experience that these guys were having, and tying it in and bringing them in under the church there. Yeah, that's right. So they, this is the Gentile Pentecost. In yeah. other words, yes, yeah. exactly. That's right. Exactly. So, um, and and. And it's important that Peter sees that because this is a very important moment when we move from, you know, God's dealings have always just been with, uh, with Israel. Yeah. Uh, and and now, now we're moving out into the nations. And it's the, the order, and we're going to see this as we go into the mission of Paul, the order is to the Jew first and then to the Gentile yeah. because God's order of working was, you know, look, in any case, God's order of the way that God God works 
is through people to people. Yeah. This is God's principle of empowerment. Love it. He works through people to people. And so he he sets he set a people apart. Yep. That was the Jewish people who were to be like a kingdom of priests and a holy nation, right? And through them, the uh, salvation, that's as the promise to Abraham, through them salvation will come to the ends of the earth. Yeah. So it's important here, you, you see Paul sticking to that plan. That's yes. the plan that was announced to Abraham, okay? Yes. Through you and your offspring, salvation will come to the ends of the earth, right? So so it's very important that it happens in this way. And, and you get the Jewish Pentecost and then through them uh, as... You know, and, and and it's very deliberately. So yes. Peter goes. It's it doesn't just happen independently. Important like they just point. have an experience. Yep. You know, up the oh oh hey, did you hear that they had that? No, actually, God waits to actually impart that yes. through uh, his uh, one of the twelve who represent uh, you know the Jewish people, and uh, so that it keeps that aspect of the plan to the Jew first, then to the Gentile. I, I love it. I love it. And the other the other lesson here with Peter, that is a really great lesson, especially in the person of Peter, who we've learned who Simon Peter is from the Gospels mm. and now, that Peter's, Peter basically says, who are we to get in the way of the Holy yeah. Spirit? This yeah. is the man who got in the way of Jesus all the time. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. this is the yeah. man, he's learned his lesson and he's yeah. like, Dear brothers, dear brothers, I could not step in the way of what yeah. God was doing, yeah. what the Holy Spirit is doing. And and the great news is, is the Jerusalem church, this is a turning point. Yeah. In, in Acts chapter 11, they say, look, we have we can see that God has also given Gentiles the privilege of this new covenant, yeah, of right. stepping into this church. And they are excited and going, let's yeah. go forward. Yeah, that's right. Let's and go and significantly, the point here is that they are being, they are receiving the Holy Spirit in this special empowering sense. Yes. Uh, to equip them to be priests and prophets to the nations. Yeah. So it's not just the Jewish people who are going to fulfill this now. It's everyone who uh, is willing to become a disciple of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So we move we move in chapter 11. Sorry, that's a bit of a backstory there of to uh, cover the right. foundation of where we're going. And that makes it really more interesting in the, as we end, finish off chapter 11, the church in Antioch, and it's funny in the New Living Translation, they they always translate the word uh, Antioch in in the other translations, they translated Antioch of Syria. Right. Okay. You know, so that's how yeah, the New yeah. Living Translation <laughs> yeah. translated. So it it makes a point of saying because of the persecution after Stephen's death, and we had the deacon Stephen there yeah. being the first martyr, uh, the believers scattered as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch of Syria, and they preached the word of God, but only to the Jews. However, some of the believers who went to Antioch from Cyprus and so began preaching to the Gentiles, yeah. and Gentiles beginning to fill, fill the church there. So yeah. when, the, when the church of Jerusalem happened, they sent... They're two, the, you know, two, of the, yep. two our two legends here, uh, Saul and Barnabas. Yeah, that's right. And again, just to remind us, Barnabas is this Levite, yeah, you know, who was part yeah. of the earliest part of the church, a Jewish believer. Yeah. Um, and then we've got Saul, who was the Pharisee of Pharisees. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, well, this is this is actually where when Barnabas goes up there. Yes. He goes just a little little further north, yes. uh, and he goes and gets Saul from Tarsus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Saul's gone back to his hometown. Yeah, he's gone back. To, he's gone back. Well, what was initially his hometown? So he's yeah. probably got some family there uh, still, and uh, and he brings Paul 
uh, to Antioch. Again, this is classic Barnabas, isn't it? Yeah. He, he's the real discipler that get, you know, uh, he's going to back this man. This, and and this I love the fact that the, the Dr. Luke can't even help himself and the Holy Spirit here is reminding us because in verse 24, um, 23 and 24, it talks about Barnabas and saying that he exhorted him uh, to remain faithful with a steadfast voice for he was a good man full of the Holy Spirit and faith. Yep. You know, just has to yeah. put that little yeah. bit about Barnabas, about yeah. what the important leaders are. Yeah. So, uh, and they're first called Christians at the church in Antioch yeah. as well. This is uh, now, the now, point is made here. Tell us why that's important. Uh, well, well uh, Christ Christos is the uh, is the Greek word for Messiah, anointed, yes. the anointed one. So, you know, Christians basically means, you know, followers of the Messiah. Okay. In in, in a sense, you know, in in that sense. So. Um, uh, so this is where you get, you know, it's referred to as the way. It's referred to it's it becomes it becomes its own sort of movement here. Is it and now? I know that a lot of now in the postmodern world that we live in, yeah, where people don't like any movements or any ins or you know, yeah, yeah. is 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 it becoming? You know, some people look at this and go, "Oh no, this is where it starts becoming a religion." Is well, it, I don't think you know, it depends what you mean by that. It's such a it's yeah. it's such a nondescript word, and and it's used in so many senses. The word people talk about organized religion. Uh, you know, uh, people say, "Oh, I don't like organized religion," and and you know, well, if you're going to get together with a group of people, you sort of need to organize it, right? Yeah. And and when you get together, you know, you have a bit of a plan about what you're going to do, uh, perhaps. And well, if that's organized religion, then I suppose that's what that's what we are. Yeah. You know, um, but. Uh, the, the, this is, uh, yes, it, it is an organized movement with a hub. The hub is still in Jerusalem. Yes. But there are, but this is a sort of secondary hub uh, here in Antioch. Now, I've heard, I've heard people um, bear with me on this, Matt, for this yeah. rabbit trail, but I love that verse and I love the point that Luke points out that it is in this period of time in this place yeah. where, the, where the nickname Christian. Yeah, it's first, given to them, by the way. They don't call themselves that. It's given to them. Okay. So, in light of that, I've heard some people expound and some scholars say that it was given to them as a derogatory, like a derogatory phrase. Like, I've heard some people yeah. say that that Christian was like a nickname, like you're just a, a little Christ. You're a you're yeah. a Christ wannabe, you know, type of thing. You follow this Messiah cult. Yeah. And it was, and it was like- the way that some minorities have had a word used against them, it might be a derogatory yeah. word, and then they take on that word to say, yeah, yeah. I'm proud yeah. about this word. That's I've a little heard- bit – I, I think there's some truth in that. Okay. Yeah, I think that there's some truth in that. It is given to them, um, but uh, I'm, I'm not – I don't think you want to overplay the pejorative element of that. I don't think it's – because it's not e- emphasised here yeah. at all. Okay. Uh, I, I think – I think it's an appropriate, it's it's an appropriate term. Yeah. I, oh man, <laughs> I just would love to see the first time it was used yeah, by someone yeah, a, a, yeah. about them. You know, yeah. oh, you're one of these Christians. You know, yeah, like yeah. coming up with that, you know, yeah. that that word there. All right, let's jump into chapter twelve. Uh, you know, chapter twelve here. We see that uh, just wrapping up 11, uh, Acts eleven. Uh, Paul, aka Saul, and Barnabas are there in Antioch a year, yep. teaching them, strengthening them, growing yep. the church, yep. turning it into, as you've already said, a real hub. Yeah. Like, you know, you've got Jerusalem as the main the yep. main thing, but Antioch becomes a main yeah, hub right. yep. 
Of, and that's of, going to become the launching place to the mission uh, to the Gentiles. All right. So we we get the beginning of uh, of chapter twelve. Uh, James is killed, and Peter mm. is imprisoned by Herod, uh, King Herod Agrippa. Yep. So James is the first of the twelve uh, to be martyred. The first of the actual disciples to be martyred. Now there are at least three James in the New Testament. Yep. You know, we've, we know that, that Jesus had a brother, James. Yeah. We know that two of the apostles, two of the disciples were James. Yeah. What James are we talking yeah, about so this is, this is James, son of Zebedee, uh, who is the brother of John. You know, it yeah. talks about James and John yeah. uh, in the Gospels. It's that James. So, there's, a, there's, a, there's another James who is the head of the church, who, who, who is the brother of Jesus. Yes, and um, then there's another apostle, another disciple, James the Lesser. Yeah, that's right. You yeah. know, and again, yeah, uh, that's right. And and this James was nicknamed by the by the apostles and the disciples James yeah. the Greater. Yeah. Not because he was greater, as in whatever, but he was probably either older or taller. Yeah. Probably. Well, he he is he is the one that in Mark ten, uh, it says that James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus and they asked him this if they could sit. At his right hand and his yes. left hand yeah. when the kingdom came. Yeah. And Jesus says, you don't know what you are asking. Yeah. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the bapti- baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Yeah. And, um, That's a great and, and then it goes on to, and then Jesus said to them, you will drink, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the bapti- baptism I am baptized with. Uh, you know, so that's, it's interesting because yes. actually it, that it indeed happens, he uh, James becomes the first martyr. Yeah. John lives a long, uh, very yes. long life. He's still a- alive even in the 90s uh, mm. AD. Um, but um, yeah, and, and it's James probably also martyr. because J- James and John, there was probably a, a disparity between their ages. I mean, J- you yeah. know, James was yeah. probably quite a bit older than John. Yeah. They were no- they were nicknamed, um, you know, the Sons of Thunder. Yeah. Because they were so rambunctious, you know, these these unruly fishermen yeah. from Jesus' home, you know, where Jesus was yeah. there in Galilee. You know, so there it's it, we get another martyr under King King Herod, yeah. uh, Agrippa, who who we and we and the, the, the and sort of sad thing for me is we don't get a story about how James was killed. No. It's just King Herod decides, right, I'm gonna persecute the believers of the church. So, and we get the idea that he's being spurred on by the Jewish, you know, mm, by the yeah, Jewish Pharisees yeah. and Sadducees yeah. type of thing, saying yeah. these guys are really annoying us. He then kills, and it's interesting. He makes a point here. He kills him by kills John uh, James by the sword. Yeah, that that pleases the Jewish, you know, you know, rabble Jewish so people, much, yeah, the Jewish yeah, people right, so yeah. much that he's like, oh, that was really like politically. That was a good move. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. well, you know, this is politics 101 back there. Yeah. They, they really like that. Yeah, my poll, right. my numbers are up yeah. in the polls. Yeah, and the Herods had to work for that too. They, yeah. You know, to get the favour of the Jewish people. They yeah. had to keep them on yeah. board. And he's like, well, this works so good. I'm going to I'm gonna grab another apostle. I'm going to yeah. grab, I've already grabbed one of the closest ones to Jesus. Yeah. You know, James was yeah, yeah. one of the three, in a three. I'll grab the closest one, Peter. I'll grab his best mate. Let's go. And he gets Peter and arrests Peter, and uh, this is during a Passover celebration, and imprisons him, working out what they're going to do. He'll do a big public yeah. trial. You know, James, me me killing James by the sword works so well. I'll do a big spectacle trial yeah. with Peter, and this is going to make me really, really yeah. popular. And and he puts him under extraordinarily heavy guard, yeah. Peter. 
he's actually um, uh, got four squads of four soldiers that he's chained to these guys. I mean, it's just yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. And and this is probably because Herod had, had been informed by the Sanhedrin of previous escapes uh, yes. that had happened with yes. Peter. So it's like you want to keep this guy under really uh, heavy guard. Yeah. Uh, but nevertheless, it, as it says, the church was earnestly praying to God for him. And, uh, and, and one of and what, an amazing story. Oh, one of my he, favorite Sunday yeah, school stories. Peter's asleep. Like he's so yeah. not worried about. It. He's just snoozing away, and the angel has to nudge him. Yeah, and you go, come on, dude, wake up. We're gonna get yeah. out of here. Um, and we get that that hilarious story that you know, uh, the, the, where Peter escapes with the angel's help, and then he goes to you know the house, and there's poor little servant girl Rahab. Well, well he goes know. he goes to the house of John Mark. Yes, uh, yes. Now, because we're going to hear a bit more about John Mark. This is Mark that wrote the Gospel of Mark. Yes, this is where we're first introduced to him. Yeah. Uh, and and it's in his house. Uh, his mother is the host. Another lady named Mary. Another <laughs> another Mary, right? And she's the host of a church there. Yes. And uh, and that's kind of the home base. So Peter goes to them. And that's, that's where fr- they're all praying. Yeah. For him. And it's probably and, and he it, rocks up at the door. And it's probably because that's where the angel led him. Yeah. You know the angel yeah, sort of led right. him. He's like he's. Yeah. And I love the fact that this really this really helped this really. Um, Help me reading through this again this time because I often wonder about visions and, you know, away with the spirit and, you know, when they describe different things, whether it's John or Peter or any or Paul or any of these people talking about these things. Was it real? Was it not? Is it just in their head? Mm. How do they discern it type of thing? Well, we get a real sense of that with Peter because Peter is literally really in real physical this dimension, escapes the prison, yeah. l- be led away by the angel, yeah. taken out to where this house is, Mary, yeah. Mary, you know, the mother of John Mark, you know, the house is. And then like he sort of snaps out, the angel goes and Peter can't sort of, it, it took Peter a second to realise. Oh, this is real. This is it real. A- it actually happened. And so yeah. it, for me, I was like, oh, this must be what it's yeah. like to have these visions that God gives them. It's so close to reality yeah. that they can't tell. Yeah. You know, and again, I'm not trying to build a doctrine on this yeah, or anything yeah. like that, yeah. but it really helped me to understand when Peter's having these visions, mm. it feels like yeah, real yeah. life to them. Yeah. And so as Peter's experiencing that, he thinks he's having another vision from God. Yeah. And he realizes, oh, this is real. And, he, and the great story of knocking the door and Rhoda yeah. coming and going, so being so excited that it's Peter she runs doesn't back. even open the door. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's interesting. So he meets with them and he says, you know, tell James and the other, but this is that now the James, the leader of the church, the brother of Jesus. Yes. Uh, uh, you know, he says, tell them about this. And then it simply says, uh, and then he left for another place. <laughs> so we, and this is, this is what I would love. I, I, I wish, I wish we had a, and a, a book of Acts, you yeah. know, the book of Acts of because because what is going to happen now is we're going to focus on the journeys of Paul, yeah, uh, which is great. Yeah, but I would love to have known what Peter went out and did oh, because no. Peter goes to another place. He turns up again in Acts fifteen. Uh, we we meet him there, but after that, we we don't. It's a transition. It's a transition. We yeah. don't hear a lot, and 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 then we're relying on tradition, and tradition has it that he was executed in Rome, but. Uh, we, we don't know where we, we we know that he went about because um, Paul talks about Peter taking along his wife yes. on his journey. So yes. he did 
journey to places, but we have no idea uh, where where he went. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 interesting. I do have one question from this passage, Matt, and and I I don't know if you're going to have an answer at all, mm. but I'd love to. You know, I know there's been a lot written about this. Um, when when um, little uh, the servant girl is is running back to the crowd and saying, uh, when Rhoda comes back and says Peter's yeah. at the at the gate. They all replied to her, you're out of your mind. Yeah. She kept insisting. And they said, look, it's his angel. It is his angel. What does that mean? Yeah. Um, is it, this some sort of tradition? Is this a Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a tradition. It's, it's, a, uh, it's a way of describing the intermediate state. because they So, they did believe that when someone died, um, they-, they uh, inhabit a spiritual realm okay. in which they wait. So it's another way of saying it's wait a for ghost? the resurrection. Yeah, it's basically an, another way of saying his ghost or his spirit. Oh wow, it must yeah. be his ghost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no wonder she ran away and didn't open the yeah, door. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so uh, we've we've got him uh, leaving to another place. Um, Herod Agrippa ordered there to search. They couldn't find him. Uh, afterward, Herod left to Judea and, you know, that- We have that bizarre story about Herod's death uh, because he's he's worshipped like a god and uh, he dies there uh, at, at Caesarea. Yeah. And there's a big, in fact, you can go to it today right on the seashore. There's a, a big amphitheatre. Uh, it's, it's in really good nick, yeah. And um, that was at that uh, big amphitheatre. I mean, he's on stage and he's really soaking it up. Uh, and actually he dies just after that. And, and again, we might read this story. I think there's two points here to the death of Herod Agrippa in, in the end of uh, Acts chapter 12. Mm. For us reading it 2,000 years later, we go, what a weird little story. Yeah. Um, other than the fact that we go, uh, you know, um, this is a point of what happens to governments when they step, when they interfere with the way of God, like mm. God, like they are being persecuted. James is being killed. Peter's being put in prison, running away. Yep. But don't worry, God's in control. In fact, he will strike them down dead and let them be eaten by worms yep. if they step in the way of what God's doing. He's ultimately in control. Yeah. But I think the other point here that is important to sort of point out that for, this was such an unusual story that for readers coming in, you know, years, decades later, this would really anchor it in a, per, in a, in a point of time. Uh, yeah, yeah, it would, and and actually, this this was a relatively well known story. That's right. uh, around the place. It's actually recorded by Josephus, the Jewish historian Josephus, and so people knew about this. So yes, this does anchor that, and and it gives a bit of an interpretation yeah. of that incident that was well known to a lot of people yeah. uh, as well. So so we 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 we, we now as we move into chapter thirteen, this is where. Really, that Paul and Barnabas yes. are are now commissioned, and and with with this with this uh, now it's a re- is it a relative of Barnabas, John Mark? Do uh, we know that he's a relative at all, or is just a friend? Uh, no, it's a relative, I believe. I think I'm pretty uh, sure yeah. it's a relative, a nephew or yeah, something. I think it's a nephew. Yeah. So at, at this point, we sort of finish off with that, uh, chapter twelve, very very um, poignantly, as you said, Peter disappears. Yeah, and we have Barnab- We have generate the next generation, Paul. Yeah, and you know, aka Saul. Yeah, and Barnabas with this young guy, John Mark, who we've just yeah. seen that a Peter- cousin, uh, a the cousin. cousin of Barnabas. Okay, yeah. there we go. Yeah. So, um, so with young John Mark there, who we've yeah. just seen, Peter was that was the house that Peter went to. Yeah. So John Mark is is has been important to this 
uh, growing church in Jerusalem. Yeah. Um, so, so John is his Hebrew name. Mark is his Greek name. It's a little oh, bit like Saul. Saul and Paul. Paul. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know it's it's it is confusing. Yes. But like Cephas and Peter. Yes. Uh, and even know. at one point in Acts, I noticed where they call him Simeon again. They call Peter Simon yeah, again, yeah. and I'm like, yeah. who's wait a minute? Who's that? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so they've got multiple yeah. names. As, you yeah, know, no, it makes it does make it confusing. So we've got we've got chapter thirteen. We move into chapter thirteen, and as you said, this is this is the next step. Yeah, it's interesting to note here the the prominence uh, throughout the book of Acts of prophets. There are prophets that predict the the famine. Yes, and and that prompts them to take a collection, which Paul and Barnabas take down to Jerusalem. Yep. Uh, for the church there to equip them, uh, and then we have the activity of prophets uh, here um, in chapter thirteen. Now the church at, in, now in the church at Antioch there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas is referred to as one of these. Yeah. Uh, Simeon called. Uh, Niger, probably because he was a black guy. An African man. Um, and, and then there's, there's a few others. And so it says that while they were worshipping, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. So so they, in some sense, mediate this this word from the Holy Spirit uh, and they, they fast and pray. They place their hands and they send them off. Yeah. I, lo- I, yeah. I love this story and I love the, your, your point there, Matt, because because if we read it, Sometimes we want to we want to imagine that the early church, though there was, I believe, again, it just sort of depends how, how you view the world. I believe that the early church was unique. The work of the apostles was unique. This mm. is a unique time of history, and it's not a pattern, you know, for us to try to you know copy or emulate. But yet, there are lessons to be learned and stuff like that. Mm. And your point there, Matt, that I think Luke is saying. That these men are fasting and praying. Yeah, they're, they're prophets. They're filled with the spirit. Yeah. They've, they've they've yielded themselves over over to the work of the spirit, and and them spending time together, you know, really seeking after the Lord, in whatever way. And we don't know. It's not like we know exactly how it happened. We don't think yeah. it's an audible, you know, loud mm. voice in the room. Yeah. But I imagine it was very it was a very quiet thing where, you know, a few of them sort of said. Liz, I feel that God is telling us, or yeah. I believe God is speaking yeah. to us, that this this yeah. is obvious what God is doing next. Yeah, that's right. And so they they fast and they pray on that one. Yeah, uh, and then and then they uh, commission them off. And it's interesting. We we do we do hear a lot about the work of prophets throughout yeah. the Book of Acts. Yeah, um, uh, male and female prophets throughout this book at, at, at different points. Yes, and it's interesting actually, even into beyond the first century into the second century. Um, th- there's uh, there's a lot of evidence of still of the work of prophets. A very famous early church document called the Didache talks about um, prophets, you know, that actually travelled around uh, the church and and um, uh, and it's interesting because there's there are instructions on how to recognise if they're false prophets yeah. and how to recognise true prophets. Right. Interestingly, one of the in that document it says uh, one of the easiest ways to recognise if, if they're a false prophet yeah. is if they ask for money. Money, yeah, yeah. exactly. I love uh, that. Is <laughs> so, uh, if only can we can we re- can we get a new edition of that out today about pro- modern uh, day prophets? And um, 
yeah, so it's just interesting to see that, you know, that activity there. And of course, you know, Paul talks about this yes. in the churches, you know, that, yeah. that God has called, you know, apostles and prophets and teachers and pastors and evangelists yes. to equip the church. And so we, we see that uh, already happening here. Can I also point out that, that because the word prophet for mm. some of us, depending on the tradition that we've grown up with, mm. and we, we've got to cut and go to a break, so maybe we'll just wrap up with this before yep. the break. Um, the word prophet, Again, because of because of how we've grown up or our experiences, there's a twofold ministry mm. to a prophet, isn't there, Matt? There's there's it all comes under. I think the one unique thing to describe a prophet is they know what God is saying in, in that, that moment, moment. Yeah. Yeah. like for this group in that moment. And a prophet can either take the words that are already been revealed, the mm. truth that has already been revealed. Yeah. Or know something, you know, like I've I've heard the one phrase that I've heard from a few different teachers is they can they can be telling forth the word of God, yeah. or they could be foretelling yeah. the word of God, yeah. and both of them come under the gift of prophecy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is a different role to that of the prophets like Isaiah, the writing prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah. Yeah. There are aspect um, uh, there are aspects that, of it that are that overlap. Yes, uh, but really, it's the apostles, including Paul, who have this foundational role. And and, and this is where you get this distinction. Now, you, you get the apostles, and Paul identifies identifies himself as a, an apostle. Yeah, uh, and you know, in fact, Paul. Uh, it, um, talks about that the church being built on the foundation of the apostles yes. and the prophets. Yes. So he's going, recognizing that the prophets of old, yes. who brought the Old Testament together, what we now know as the Old Testament, yes. but the apostles are the equivalent of that for the New Testament. Yeah. And it's a foundation. Once it's built, it's yeah. it's like so, so, so. Prophets aren't coming up with new doctrines no. and and new. Uh, teachings as such yes. they they are bringing god's word for now this is what the holy spirit is asking us to do now yes that's the kind of thing yeah that yeah. they're doing and and sometimes it can involve as we read in acts yeah that's right the foretelling of yeah, something right. that we yeah. don't know that's as right. in we yeah. see that there is a, yeah. you know god gives a prophecy to one of these early believers that there is a famine coming yeah that's right now that's not because the guy was in the agricultural department no, no, and, that's and right. saw yeah. the it's, saw the stats he foretells it that's right yeah, yeah he t- he foretells it so that is you know and i know i know for some of us that that type of prophecy is Concerning, like you know, like we get uncomfortable. You know, mm. we get uncomfortable mm. around that. You know, it's, it turns into you know, uh, what's the difference between that and someone just having an imagination or, or making something up or anything? And of course, the difference is, as was recorded in the Book of Acts, is these prophecies that are that are being foretold in advance come true. Mm. They, yeah, that's they, right, yeah, uh, yeah. and that's the most important yeah, way yeah. Yep, to judge right. things. Plus, like you said, the document asking for money. I, I do, I do like that one. <laughs> so uh, they're so they're sent off, and this is really where we get the beginning of of now the mission journeys of Paul, and that really takes up uh, the rest of the book of Acts. All right, let's take a quick break. This is a great transition point here. We're in Acts chapter thirteen. We're going to follow on with Barnabas and Paul in just a moment. You're on Thrive Deeper.
there, fam. It's your old mate, DJ, and I know you're looking at your podcast player right now going, hang on, there's still too much time after this break. This is a very long episode. I know, I know it's a long episode, so bear with me. I'm going to do this really quickly because I want to get you back into the Book of Acts with me in that. Very simply, I want to let you know that you should prayerfully consider becoming a financial supporter of Thrive. I'm going to I'm going to just say it as it is. We have a lot of costs associated behind the scenes. We would love you to help us cover these costs. Uh, we're not making any money from this. It's not like, you know, we're sitting here as fat cats and we're getting rich. Trust me, there are so many costs involved with keeping Thrive going and we would love your help with that. So I'm beseeching you in the way that uh, we read about Acts being, you know, the church in Jerusalem being supported by other churches. Please consider supporting what we do at Thrive. We run this on the most barest of barest of bones and we need your help to do it. So head over to thrivetoday.tv, thrivetoday.tv. Look for the donate button and become a monthly supporter. You choose the amount, a monthly supporter of how you want to uh, become part of the family. And once you do that, we add you into a special private supporters group where we're adding more videos doing live question and answers doing more stuff building up that community we'd love you to be a part of it all right that's enough from me i know it's an extra long episode i'll see you over at thrivetoday.tv now let's get back into the book of acts here on thrive deeper Drive Deeper, episode 124. Thank you so much for hanging on in there. It is our fourth part of our six-part series on the Book of Acts. We're in Acts chapter 13 with DJ and Matt, as per usual. And Matt, we're in this transition stage here, going from a focus on the apostles, you know, led by Peter and James and John in Jerusalem. And we're sort of shifting the camera up up north to Antioch, to this place in Syria where we've got Barnabas and Paul about to start, you know, going That's forward. Right. Yep. They're sent off. They lay their hands on them. They commission. They send them off. Uh, it, it says that in um, 13 verse 4, uh, the two of them sent on their way by the Holy Spirit. Wow. And, and then we get the pattern that – because – you know, what, what is their tactic? Are they just going to go and stand on street corners? And <laughs> yeah. uh, No, actually, th- there's something really interesting that they can, and, and there's something providential about the way that things are with the diaspora, the Jewish diaspora. And by that, I mean the fact that the Jewish people, since the time of the exile, actually have been spread all over the known world. Uh, and there are Jewish communities that gather in synagogues. Uh, a synagogue is a gathering of at least 10 men. And so uh, there are synagogues all over the known world. And these become the places where they go. Because remember, again, it's important, the, the order uh, of proceedings for these mission journeys is to the Jew first. We go to the Jews first because God has given, God wants to, uh, through them, reach the world. So that's why they go to the synagogues first. So, But it gives them some, somewhere to go as opposed to just going to some city yeah. and starting up discussions in the marketplace, which they do do. Yes. Um, but they always first go, if there are synagogues in those areas, they always first go to the synagogues. So there's, there's a couple of aspects to that. I mean, A, 
you know, it's almost, gee, it's almost like God had orchestrated, you know, the yeah. diaspora but, of the Jews. Yeah. So he had the, the, yeah. the gospel yeah. could take seed. Well, and, and that's, I mean, this is an interesting point because, you know, the exile, which was the scattering of God's people. And we saw how the scattering of the church in Acts chapter eight yep. actually ended up being for the benefit of the spread uh, of the gospel. Well, uh, that connects with the scattering of God's people during the exile when they're s- scattered all over the place. That actually becomes uh, a means by which um, these two, Barnabas and Paul and later Paul and others, uh, and, and, and I would say probably Peter and others that went out, yes. uh, are able to go to Jewish communities uh, and to meet at synagogues. And that's really where the the good news that the gospel is first proclaimed in those contexts. Okay. Okay. So, uh, so there's that aspect of, of the, of them being able to get out there. It's also the aspect, as you've already pointed out, like these are two Jewish believers. Yep. These are two like really good Jewish believers, um, who God is using to take the message to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. So there's also an order of, I don't want to say, you know, it's not like an order of, you know, more importance. It's not like the Jew is more important as a race or as a, you know, anything in their minds. But do you think there's a cultural thing where they're, they're honoring their own people first or, you know, or they, or is no, it? I, th- a- I think it's a theological, okay. it's a theological thing. Great. Uh, and, and Paul is very explicit about this in Romans where, where he talks about, you know, to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. And it's so ingrained. This goes back to the covenant yeah. with Abraham. Yeah. Through, it's through your offspring that the end of the earth's uh, earth will be blessed. I love it. So, um, so that that order of things is actually very deliberate uh, and very important. So they they go to the synagogues first, and then w- we get something that also often happens a little bit of a pattern with this these first experiences because they go to a ge- mainly Gentile area and they meet with the the proconsul, the the governor of that area. Yes, and there's this false prophet. This sorcerer, uh, this pagan. This is all on the island of Cyprus. Yeah, this is all on the island of Cyprus, and we know exactly where that is because it's still called the island yeah, of Cyprus. Right. Yeah, you know, today. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and 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 then it says uh, Saul, and this is where we get the change in name right yeah. here in. Um, uh, 13 verse nine. Uh, nine. Yeah. It says, then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looks straight at Elymas, who's this uh, false prophet. Anyway, he he uh, he rebukes him and he, um, he loses his sight. Wow. So, this sort of act of judgment, which, you know, uh, gets the proconsul's uh, attention and um, uh, and this leads to a fruitful time uh, there. Yeah. Um, so, and he becomes a believer. This uh, this official becomes a believer. So- Do we uh, find out what happens to the sorcerer? No. No, no. Well, he just says for a time you're going to be, uh, you're going to be blind. And yeah. that's- uh, And that's that's all that, that we know. Yeah. And so, so you do get these, I mean, uh, these actions, whether they're healings or- And this is an unusual one because it's a judgment. Yes. Um, uh, but you get this- kind of thing happening a lot which um, uh, which really serves to sort of puncture a way through for the gospel particularly in Gentile areas yep yep okay so we this is all and in the and the you'll notice here I find, I find with Luke recording this it now becomes a different pace because now Luke is recording 
and we're going to get a little bit of first-hand information here because one yeah. of these one yeah. of these trips, you know, Luke Luke joins in, but Luke is now sort of really recording very very bullet mm. points where they go, what happens, has the church. It's like little recordings yeah, and, of and what they say, and, yeah. and this is you know as we. Um, move forward in uh, chapter 13 yep. when they go to Pisidian Antioch, so different Antioch than Antioch of Syria. Yes. Pisidian Antioch is in the sort of middle area of what we now know as Turkey. Yes. Uh, and we get this, uh, um, it, what's interesting there actually, it says uh, yeah, that John, John left yeah. them to return to Jerusalem. And this is going to be a point of contention. Uh, because this is uh, Paul certainly uh, sees this as a desertion. Yeah. Uh, and Barnabas is going to give John another chance a bit later on. Uh, but Paul's he's a hard man, Paul. He's a hard uh, man. He's he's on a mission. Yeah, he's on he's a mission. On a mission. And, and it and it probably took you know it certainly took someone like that yeah. you know for the for the sorts of things that he did. Uh, but he's also he's not the soft-hearted sort of guy like uh, at, le- at least at least let like me say Barnabas at not this stage in his journey. Yeah, well, that's right. Right. Yeah, that's and, that's true. God yeah. is still working on. Yeah, Paul, yeah that's right. You know, and, that's a good point. But again, we, we it's a very it's funny how Luke just records it as an offhand thing. Look, you know, this is where John Mark leaves. Yeah, and I don't know what the point was. I mean, we don't know if it was a family situation. We don't know if he yeah. was like, guys, I'm not up for this. Yeah. I've got to go home yeah. or whatever it is. But he heads home. He yeah, that's home. right. And then you get the the longest recorded sermon in the Book of Acts, and and I think this is oh. important here because it it gives a uh, a bit of a snapshot of Paul's approach. And it's interesting here, the difference in the way that he, the, the way that he uh, brings the message to the Jewish people is quite different from the way that he brings the message to the, to Gentiles. Yes. Um, when he's talking to the Jewish people, he, he's very much showing how Jesus is the continue, the f- continuation and fulfillment oh. of their, their own history. Yes. And, um, and he's proclaiming Jesus as the Jewish Messiah. And I love, I love the thing I love about this message is that, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, from the from the feeling that I've get, you know, he's preaching firstly to the Jews. Yep. But all the way through it, he keeps on saying, plus you God-fearing Gentiles. Yeah, that's like right. Like he's yeah. including those yeah. who are interesting, those Gentiles who have either converted to Judaism yep. or those Gentiles who are interested in what God yeah, is doing, right. he's including them well. But my goodness, what a glorious setting out oh, yeah. of the yep. Word of God, of, of yep. God's gospel, you know, the plan here. Yeah, that's it's right. Amazing sermon. Yeah, that's right. Um and you know, characteristically Jewish in its in, in its flavor, very steeped in the Old Testament, and, and mm-hmm. this is this is what you would do in, in a synagogue, uh, and and a number of Jewish people believe, and and throughout this, is what struck me in this reading of Acts is the because often we can think, oh yeah, the, the Jewish people rejected this. No, no, actually, lots of people, including many Pharisees, uh, many priests. Uh, leading people in Jewish communities. Y- yes, there's a hardcore crew that are against them, yeah. but uh, many, many people, uh, many Jewish people actually come to believe and the, uh, the first churches are made up primarily of Jewish people and then there's an increasing number of Gentiles and, and as time moves on, they become a bit more of a minority yeah. because more and more Gentiles are coming into the church. Yes. Um, uh, but uh, and, and in fact, it, it's in this... Um, in this moment, because of the opposition, because yes. there there are some uh, Jewish people that stir up opposition among the Jews, uh, Paul and Barnabas, 
Paul and Barnabas answer, we had to speak the word of God to you first. Mm. goes back to what you were saying before. Okay, exactly. We had to bring it to you first. Uh, since you reject it, and, and not everyone did, okay, but they're talking to the people that are rejecting it. Since you reject it and do not consider yourself worthy of eternal life, Oof. we now turn to the Gentiles. For this is what the Lord commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Now, what, what's now that writing? statement, uh, that's uh, from uh, Isaiah. Um, uh and he's. This is basically a, a talking about the Jewish people. It's the Jewish people that were to be a light to the Gentiles. Wow. So they're saying we're bringing it to you first because this is this is our as Jewish people. This is our job to be a light to the Gentiles. Yes. So we're giving you the chance to be a part of this. But yeah. if you don't want to, we're, we'll go off to the Gentiles ourselves. Yeah. That's basically what they say. This is and the then tomorrow. and then it says. And this is a very interesting Acts thirteen four days. Very interesting statement. It's a very Jewish statement. Uh, when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord and all who were appointed for eternal life believed. I'm glad you brought this you know, up because this is uh, one of my little points here. You know, yeah. uh, it's, it's very Jewish because the idea of God's choosing Israel out of all the nations of the earth, mm. not, to, not to do with anything, any merit in, in them per se, or because they were superior in any sense, but it was the sovereign choice of God choosing Israel. This is a very, that's a very strong uh, Old Testament theme in yeah. God's sovereign choice of Israel. So, what this is saying is that God is making the same sovereign choice about these Gentile believers. I love it. Uh, so, all who were appointed to eternal life, yeah. uh, they are the ones who believe. And there's a sense of sovereignty in that. Uh, it's through the means of the preaching of the gospel, yeah. but God has, uh, um, in a very paradoxical way in which, that we can't yeah. fathom with our brains, <laughs> uh, God has predestined this yeah. uh, in some sense. I love it. I love it. The, um, the, the, a couple last points here out of Acts chapter 13. It's really interesting that, you know, as, as they left the synagogue, the people begged them to speak about these things again the next week, right? Yeah. Or on the next Saturday, yeah. like, please come back and preach to us some yeah. more. Uh, many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, and the two men urged them to continue to rely on the grace of God. So so there's, there is a softness to the gospel even among some of the leaders, a lot yeah, of the yeah, people right. yeah. are blown away by this, yeah. by the truth that they're bringing. And again, you can't imagine, we can't imagine the authority in which they spoke yeah. That they weren't used to. People are, people are blown away by them bringing yeah. all of the scripture together to point to Jesus. Yeah. So, I mean, so yes, they asked them to come back, but the next the next day, it says the whole city came out to see them. And yeah. so, this then looks like, you know, the, the possibly some of the leaders are then thinking, oh man, we're losing control. Well, it says that they were jealous. The, this is my next yeah. point. So, some of the, some of the Jews... The ones who who are slandering Paul and arguing and and stirring up controversy around them, they're jealous. Yeah. What are they jealous of? Well, they're jealous of the influence that yeah. these people. And this is an interesting one because, um, the, uh, they'd been there for a long, long time. I mean, literally hundreds of years yeah. in, in in some of these cases in these synagogues, and have had very. They, they were God fearing Gentiles that were attached to them. But they have very little impact in that mu in that amount of time. Suddenly, Paul and Barnabas come along, and the whole city yeah. is turning out. Uh, you know, in in that moment, and so there's naturally a sense of, you know, jealousy uh, and and you know probably insecurity about that. So they're going to make trouble for them, and 
and they're going to stir up the people. It says that they stir up leading women uh, of high standing and, uh, and, and leading men of the city and they stir up persecution. And so um, Paul and Barnabas do this symbolic gesture of wiping the dust off their feet, just yep. as Jesus said, you know, if that town doesn't listen to you, then shake the dust uh, off, off your feet. And that's, uh, that's like a, a gesture of sig- signaling that responsibility for the action is yes. on on the ta- is on the, the townspeople yep. and it's kind of a a symbol of leaving defilement behind in a sense yeah um, but they've left they've left a portion of people that's right who 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 are believing that, that's right that's against those who who are persecuting them so they go they go on to uh Iconium and we're still in the area of present day turkey here yes yes uh, then it was known as asia minor yes um present day turkey here this is very much greek uh, sort of um, Greek-speaking yep. area here. And, and so this is into Acts 14, and we've got last two more chapters to cover, so let's yep. really fly through these. Acts 14 and 15, Paul and Barnabas get to Iconium, um, and they, you know, again, like you say, we see a pattern. Yeah. You know, they go to the Jewish synagogue, they yeah, preach right. with power, Jews and Greeks become believers. Some of the Jews are not happy about God's message. That's right. Some of them, because it says, but the Jews who refused to believe, in, yes. implying that many did believe, yeah. uh, but the ones that didn't stirred up the other Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. Um, uh, but then it, there it says, so Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there speaking boldly for the Lord. This is the theme of boldness is very prominent throughout yeah. the book of Acts. Like, don't. Don't stop just because there's persecution. Yeah. Don't stop speaking. That's the that's the most important thing. Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, God honors their boldness. And this is an interesting point. When they speak boldly, God honors their boldness uh, by confirming the message with signs and wonders. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, and so I mean, it really sort of polarizes the city. So they're moving. You know, they go down into Lystra and Derb, and and, and they're. Um, Lister and Derby are, uh, you know, we're still again in Turkey. We're moving eastwards uh, here. We uh, get a crazy story. We get a crazy story here in um, in Lister and Derby where uh, the people in their local dialect, uh, you know, they're they're preaching and they call they call these two preachers, you know, uh, Zeus yeah. and Hermes. Yeah, you know, in the, you know, because they believe that you know it's such a powerful message and there's miraculous things happening around them. Yeah, uh, that they they they're, they're wanting to sacrifice to yeah. them. They think that gods have come down, and that's and in this area there are um, uh, you know popular stories about. Hermes coming down, yeah, uh, and 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 some suggest that these guys would have even looked like popular <laughs> depictions of those gods, and of course they're doing the kinds of things that for Greek people only the gods really did, yeah. So they, yeah, they think the gods have come down to them, and and so uh, you know they come and bring sacrifices to them, and and of course uh, Paul and Barnabas uh, make a a, a point yes. of uh, of saying, uh, you know. Don't know, by no means uh, worship us. Yeah, and, and they could. I love. The, I love the the yeah. point in verse eighteen. Even with these words, they could scarcely restrain the people yeah. from offering sacrifices. Yeah. But I here is where you get one of these contrasts in in the message that they bring to the Gentiles as opposed to the Jews. Jews is very much focused on you know on the biblical story. Yes. Um. But here they they said we're bringing you the good news, telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Uh, so they're, they're, they're 
point, it's it's a much more general message because uh, these are people who are not familiar with the scriptures. So, they're not just going to throw scriptures at them. This is sometimes I think people think, oh, in evangelism, you have to just quote scripture at people. Yes, otherwise, yes. it's not really going to work. Well, what you see with... Uh, you know, and, and often Paul's, you know, is, is the exact, well, Paul is only doing that with people who have this who basis have of, of agreement yeah. and a knowledge yeah. of the scriptures. Uh, but when it comes to the Gentiles, it's a very general, you know, no, there's one creator God yes. rather than many gods yes. who's calling you to to get rid of all of these false gods yeah. and turn back to him. It's a yeah. very um, it's a very simple message uh, for the Gentiles there. You know, in the past, he goes on, uh, he let all nations go their own way, yet he's not left himself without testimony. He's shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven. Speaking about general revelation, yeah. right? Rather, yeah. uh, he provides you with plenty of food. You know, and, and so he's appealing to things that, they can they know about and and, and agree. So very interesting um, different point way about the different way yeah. of presenting the that same same message, calling them back to it. Doesn't actually even mention there. It doesn't. Well, uh, I mean, presumably they would have gone on to mention that because it says even with these words they had dip- difficulty keeping the crowd from sacrificing them. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting that there you, you don't actually even get a mention of Jesus at. Uh, yet in, yeah. in Acts seventeen, you do in Acts seventeen at the uh, in Athens. Yes, uh, it comes back to the resurrection, yeah. and yeah. the resurrection is something that speaks very loudly, actually, to a Gentile context as well as to a Jewish context. Yes, um, uh, and and so there's you know there's plenty of evidence for a focus on the you know Jesus is the center of the message for the Gentile people, but it's interesting that there's not a formula here. Yep. In how they're sharing the message, they're just getting these general things: turn away from these gods and turn to the true God. Yeah, and that's kind of it. That's <laughs> nice and basic. <laughs> so we get at the end of at the end of chapter fourteen, we get another pattern here with that that Paul mm. and Barnabas do, is that they encourage everybody in their faith. They remind them that they're going to have to suffer many hardships yeah. into the kingdom of God. Yeah. They set up elders in every church. They pray and fast with all of them. They turn the elders, you know, they turn the churches yeah. over to the care of the local elders. And then and that's, that, that's an interesting point here because yeah. uh, the early churches were led by elders. Very, And, and again, that's a, quite a very Jewish sort of model uh, where in in local synagogues, similar sort of thing. You would have key elders, you know, like town elders. Yes. We read a lot about that in, in the Old Testament, about the town elders being responsible for making various judgments and, and so forth. And it's interesting get that, that we, idea, yeah. very quickly we get, we get they go to, um, you know, they preach the word in Pisidia, Pamphylia, Perga, you know, like, and again, we're not hearing great stories from these. They're yeah, just yeah. preaching the word. They're being yeah. faithful. And finally, they get back down to Antioch of Syria, where they report, yeah. like, where they left. That's right. And so that's the that's the first journey that basically uh, and it, and, completes and, the first. journey. And again, this is the this is part of a problem as we read these stories. We can imagine all of this taking a week. Yeah, you know, yeah, again, right. they, 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 no, yeah. no, no, no. This the, yeah. they were they were gone on that mission trip for a long time. Yeah, lo- I mean. A, a number of months, at yeah, least, at, at least, because really, num- yeah. it says uh, it says in one place that they stayed there uh, a long time. Well, so, they say well they at the end of when they were in Antioch, when they're back in Antioch, they report back on everybody. Everybody's excited. The door of faith is open to the Gentiles, and then Paul and Barnabas stay in Antioch a long yeah, time yeah. to keep encouraging. Yeah, them that's there. right. At the end of 15. Yeah. Now, really quickly, we're running. We're severely running out of time. Um, we've got. 
do we go into 15? Because I'm Let, Let's just make just a couple of co- comments about uh, where we've chapter been. 15, okay. uh, I think, because um, with the, uh, the, the Gentiles, you know, what we've seen is this masses of Gentiles coming into the church. And yes. this, this now causes problems about, uh, you know, their practices and particularly around food and, yes. um, and, uh, and also the signs of the covenant, circumcision. Well, if you're now part of us, yes. uh, should, you need to get circumcised as well as being baptized, right? Yeah. And so, th- there, there are a number of Jewish teachers who are insisting um, uh, that, uh, and it says actually um, that some who belonged to the party of the Pharisees, it's interesting that there are a number of believers yes. who are formerly Pharisees who are now believers in Jesus. And I hate to, and I hate to say, as someone who, who is, uh, uh, you know, I consider myself a former Pharisee myself, <laughs> I, as someone who, who, who I love to I love to champion the Pharisee, yeah. you know, say, look, you know, I understand where they're coming from. I mean, I am both excited that yeah. they are entering into the church. Yeah. They are believing. But then I go, oh my God, they're back to their old ways. Oh, of, yeah, they, yeah, I mean, they, they are, but it's not, it's not... <laughs> It's just a debate here. It's a yes. natural thing. I don't. They're, they're not. They're not condemned here. It's just. Yeah. It's natural that these are the guardians of the law. Yeah. You know the Pharisees. They're naturally going to be the ones yeah. that are going to say, "Ah, uh, hang on. Uh, you you've got to keep the law. You yeah. got. You, you need to be circumcised." Yeah. And, did, uh, did Jesus? And this is a great. This starts a great debate of okay, what in the new covenant? What did Jesus wipe away? What yeah. did Jesus keep? Yes, yeah, that's right. Really big. So this is an important moment. So they get together with the with the apostles. They have this council in Jerusalem. Well, well so the news, the news, you know. So some of these people talking about it end up in Antioch. Yeah. So Paul and Barnabas realize, and the Antiochian church go, okay, well, we better send our guys back to, yeah, you know, back to Jerusalem to report on what's happening. Yeah. Because again, this is not like the internet, yeah. and it's, they haven't got Instagram right. and Snapchat yeah, to run. Right. So this comes from Antioch. The problem is in Antioch with the yeah. mix of Jews and Gentiles. That's not so much the issue in Jerusalem. So they have to take this to the apostles in yeah. Jerusalem. Yeah. So it's still the church is still you know home base is still in Jerusalem at this stage, and so yeah. you get this very important council where they discuss. Okay, do do Gentile believers need to follow these? Uh, you know. The, the right of circumcision and all of these food laws. Yeah. Now, what they what they decide on is they say no. Actually, baptism. They basically agree that baptism is the new circumcision. I mean, it doesn't say as much here, but that's what emerges yeah. uh, pretty much from here. Um, uh, so, so they lift the burden of needing to be circumcised from them. But what they do, um, th- there are two things that they instruct them on. The first is uh, meat. Of strangled animals and with the blood yep. in it, and the reason for that is because this is a matter of fellowship. Because remember, they're fellowshipping around meals. Okay, yes. So if if Jews and Gentiles are going to have Great fellowship point. together, what they're saying they're not saying that well that law still holds as yes. such. This is a matter of sensitivity uh, to to the Jews who. Uh, this is what they've their whole lives. Uh, they've never eaten meat with blood in it, and and they have sensitivities around that. So it's saying to the Gentiles, don't flaunt this uh, in front of your your Jewish brothers, mm. um, for the sake of you know good fellowship and unity and being able to meet around a table. Let's just you know let's just eat kosher. Yeah. Uh, and and then of course the other thing interestingly is abstaining from sexual immorality. Yeah, 
yeah, um, which was rife in Greek culture. Yeah. So, and it's it's remarkable how simple this is. So, the first one is just be considerate of your Jewish brothers, right? Just go there, you know, be be considerate of their of their laws, yeah. and when you're meeting together, and it's almost like in in this in this uh, you know um, you know prescription from yeah. the elders, uh, and I love the fact that it's now led by James. Yeah, the brother yeah, of Christ right. yeah. has now become, yeah. has and become, we see Peter as well. Yeah, uh, there, but yeah, James is. Yeah, yeah, is J- the head here. Yeah. yeah, James is now. James is obviously now the leader yeah. amongst these uh, Jewish, you know, in Jerusalem amongst this, you know, the first church, and he is, you know, uh, quoting Old Testament. He's 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 understanding exactly what's going on, and he, like you said, it's a matter of fellowship. He, he prescribes it so simply. For for what they for what they must do, and I think it's it's it, we hear echoes of what the discussion was mm. in Corinthians when Paul talks about you know the weaker and stronger brother with with the mood, with the food mm-hmm. offered to idols. This is pretty much I'm I'm, I'm yeah that's you know, right yeah in, the, you're talking about uh, Romans fourteen and fifteen and also in Corinthians I think eight uh, where it says yeah. you know don't don't. Don't stumble the weaker brother. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, with with the food offered to idols, you know, like we understand that there's, and and I think this yeah. is the spirit of it behind. Yeah, that's it here, right. Yeah, is there's nothing. There's nothing actually wrong with this food part of it, but like that's right. Yeah, but it's it's being sensitive to Jewish scruples around yeah. food sacrificed to idols and food with blood in it. Let's just you know, Paul says, look, it's not this. It's not really defined. It's just food. But you know what? Let's be sensitive. Uh, and so sensitivity, you know, because it's remarkable what's happening. Jews and Gentiles and people of all classes and, and genders are all uh, meeting around these communion tables. So they want to keep the peace. Uh, and and that's what this is designed to do. So they formally get a letter. They send it out to all yep, the churches and away right. they go there. Yep. I reckon that letter, you know, I reckon we could stand to read that letter at our churches today. Yeah. Be sensitive to each other and, and be sexually pure. Yep. What a great, like, yeah. the st- simple yeah. commands for the church. That's right. Be sensitive to one another. Be ca- have have fellowship with one another. Don't try to offset, you know, yep. upset everybody and upset anybody and be sexually yeah. pure with all the all the sexual yep. deviancy that is in the world. Yep, that's right. Simple. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Not a lot has changed. Yeah. All right, we, we've gone we've right. gone a bit longer longer there. We're going to leave it there. There's an there's a couple of other important points, but we're going to go. We'll do that next fortnight as mm. we as we continue into the uh, the trips of Paul. Something I'm going to leave everybody on a cliffhanger. Something drastic is going to happen to Paul and Barnabas here. And we're going to leave that as a cliffhanger for next next this this wonder team this wonder team nothing could go wrong. Maybe the Holy Spirit has got another idea. Maybe <laughs> Matt, wrap it up. What 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 can we take away from this this week? Well, we see again, and uh, you know, the main theme here in the Book of Acts is this unstoppable force, and you know, we get repetition of the Holy Spirit does this, the Holy Spirit does that. They're following the leading of the Holy Spirit. They're responding by being bold. It's boldness, boldness, boldness. God is uh, honouring their boldness by doing these amazing things. And I think that's just a great formula uh, for us today to recognize that when you step into the jet stream of what the Holy Spirit is doing, when you're bold, we are part of an unstoppable force. (laughs) 
Well, there you go. Thank you for your patience with this longer episode. So much to cover here in the Book of Acts. I know I say this all the time. I know I say it all the time. But I tell you what, I am loving going through this book. I tell you, the Spirit is really moving on my heart. It is softening me to His work in my life. And I pray that you are experiencing the same thing as we go through the book of Acts, seeing what the Holy Spirit wants to personally do in our own lives as a family, as an individual, as a group of believers. It is so beautiful to see him at work in our lives. So that's my prayer as you listen to this week's episode. I know it's gone extra long, so I'm going to get out of here quickly. I'll see you over at thrivetoday.tv. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of Thrive Deeper. Matthew and DJ really appreciate the questions and thoughts about what you're reading in the Bible as you go through it with Thrive. Our home on the internet is thrivetoday.tv. You can contact us, ask questions, see all of our resources and much more at our website, thrivetoday.tv. The Thrive Today Network is on Facebook. Our Facebook page and links to our community groups are waiting for you. Just search and like Thrive Today page in Facebook now. Visit ratethispodcast.com slash thrive deeper. If you appreciate what we do and want to help us reach more people, go to ratethispodcast.com slash thrive deeper. Until next time, our prayer is that these shows will inspire you to go deeper into God's Word and thrive. This was another DJP.FM production. <laughs>